Hi Queens with the same king, welcome to today's episode of A Message for Who? Healing, Empowerment and Revival. Let's take this journey as we discover the best version of ourselves. Remember, you are loved, you are valued and you are priceless. Get ready, get excited as today we discuss coping with tragedy. Good afternoon. What an awesome opportunity in the midst of the chaos. We can still meet and have conversation. Today, my task is to lead our discussion on the topic coping with tragedy. In simple terms, how do we cope when the unexpected situation takes residence in our lives? How do we embrace hope in the midst of tragedy? It seems that whenever we turn on the news or scroll through our social media or write in our communities, there is always another tragedy happening. It's usually somebody else's life that has been turned inside out. Somebody we hear or read about or see in graphic images on the TV standing in floodwaters or some sort of natural disaster, the rubble of an earthquake, the ashes of a fire from their homes being burnt, or in recent time, the impact of the coronavirus. But sometimes the roles are reversed. We are the ones that people are watching on the news or reading about. A tragedy or loss of some kind has befallen us or those we love. Exactly what happens? It's like the rug have been pulled out from under us and we find ourselves on new and unfamiliar paths. In some cases, starting over. Tragedy knows no bounds. It can strike at any moment and can happen to anyone without creed and race. My favorite biblical truth is Psalms 34:18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. Tragedy leaves our heart broken and our spirit crushed. Our aim today is to find a sense of purpose in the midst of it all. So then, what is really a tragedy? Simple dictionary meaning it's an event causing great suffering, destruction and distress such as an accident, a crime, natural catastrophe, sickness to our loved ones, the death of our loved ones. How do we cope with tragedies or difficult things or when life gives us lemon or when something interrupts your regular schedule? Our first resort is to get depressed, to hide, to get angry, to bitter, cover up or fall into silence. I know it is what we want to do, and yeah, it is usually our first attempt to making things better. But there is always other ways. Every dimension of our life is affected when we face a tragedy. Our social life, emotionally we are affected, environment is affected, cognitively we are affected, physically and spiritually. Tragedy brings a lot of pain. And I like to relate it like, you know, tragedy brings with her a cousin called trauma, which affects everyone differently. The impact of trauma can be subtle, insidious, or outright destructive. 
how an event affects an individual depends on many factors, including characteristics of the individual, the type and characteristics of the event, developmental processes, the meaning of the trauma, and socio-cultural factors. So how does this tragedy, which brings trauma in our lives, affect us socially or affect our environment? Life change. A regular schedule is affected. Things you used to do are different now. Some persons face unemployment, financial issues, adjustments in family life, relationship change, and you change. How does this situation affect you emotionally? Beyond the initial emotional reactions during the event, those most likely to surface include anger, fear, sadness, and shame. Your emotional pain can fall on two sides, either feeling too much, which is like feeling overwhelmed, or too little, which is like being numb, where your emotions are detached from thoughts, behaviors, and memories. How does this affect us physically? Well, for some people, there's an onset of sleep disturbances. There's an onset of sickness or things start happening to your body that was not happening before. Um, We have persons who, depending on the nature of the situation, persons lean to substance abuse. Persons find themselves very depressed. Persons self-harm. So we have spoken about how this has affected us socially, how it affects our environment emotionally and physically. But what about intellectually? What about our cognitive space? Sometimes um, persons misinterpret a situation as dangerous because it resembles something that they have gone through before and they may try to deal with it the same way and then they find themselves in a difficult place because it's not the same. Sometimes persons assume responsibility or they possess what I call the survivor's guilt. We have persons who have intrusive thoughts. They think bad of themselves. They think things that are negative and bring self-harm mentally. And what about our spiritual life? In some contexts, persons blame God. And for the most part, it happens to all of us. We always ask God, why? Why is this happen? Why did you allow it to happen? But then we have those persons who, while we have those persons who lose hope and faith, some people get closer to God. So the big question here for us today is how do we cope? I'm relatively certain that all of you have heard the saying, God does not give you more of a burden that you are able to hold. I suppose it is the way to assure people that they can handle anything. Now, truth be told if i'm going through something i may or may not want to hear that line god does not give you more than you can bear but at the moment at the time it's the simplest and it's the easiest thing that we say so that we can share in the pain of others however all of us know that there are times when it feels like a burden is too heavy to carry it's real what happens to us is real. We, it's not what we have bargained for. It is beyond who you are and beyond the, your emotional resources. In psychology, there is a concept known as emotional resilience. Yeah, 
What is this emotional resilience? Emotional resilience refers to one's ability to adapt to stressful situations or crises. More resilient people are able to roll with the punches and adapt to adversity without lasting difficulties. The less resilient people have a harder time with stress and life changes, both major and minor. You know, my favorite quote is grow through what you go through. Emotional resilience involves choosing the thoughts and actions and feelings that enable us to perform at our best. So in essence, God is saying to us that emotional resilience can only come in its fullness when God is on our side. So I'm saying to you today that there may be situations that you are facing even now. There may things be things to come in the future. And we're going to read some scriptures later down in our discussion, which will encourage us to grow through what we go through. Resilience is accepting your new reality, even if it's less good than the one you had before. You can fight it. You can do nothing but scream about what you have lost. Or you can accept that and try to put together something that's good. A young lady said that and it resonated in my heart differently, Elizabeth Edwards. And I want to repeat that. She said, you can fight it. You can do nothing but scream about what you have lost or what you are facing. Or you can accept that tragedy that situation and try to put together something that's good so once again how do we cope firstly acknowledge your emotions improving your emotional resilience start with you recognizing honestly every emotion you experience whether it is joy jealousy happiness annoyance fear loneliness allow yourself to feel it it's okay to feel joy it's okay to feel joy on a particular day it's okay to share that experience and then you may experience sadness what am i saying acknowledge where you are do not try to cover it up or push it away for it is vital that you allow yourself to acknowledge rather than suppress or push things under the carpet suppress the emotion that's come your way so that you can identify you know them accurately meaning don't allow yourself and i should say repeat that don't allow yourself to suppress the emotions that come your way so that you can identify what they are and how you can learn more about them and eventually your emotional resilience will improve so acknowledge what you are feeling at the moment then you take responsibility for your emotions when it comes to our feelings we typically tend to play the victim card we think that we are helpless in our responses recognize that we have programmed ourselves to react a certain way to certain situation based on our preconceived beliefs and priorities i am very sure that we can train our minds to do better you know in our discussion and in in preparing for this i related to you know a similar context we sometimes train our minds to not to to have communication or not to befriend someone 
and we train our minds to behave negatively. So is it that we can't train our minds to behave positively? So what am I saying? Stop passing blame and accept responsibility for your emotions because you do have a choice. You do have a choice in every situation. Either you respond to it or you react to it. We have a choice. The only choice that we don't have is the things that we can't control. But we have a choice of controlling how we respond to a situation. Thirdly, nurture optimism. Optimistic people are happy and positive people. They can accept the current situation and still be confident about their future. People who are optimistic tend to see the challenging times as temporary, whereas pessimistic people think that they, their hassle are going to last forever and forever and forever. Cynical people tend to use the words always and never and it will, it will always be this way because they believe that the difficult situations that they are in are going to be lifelong. That is the reason why pessimistic people suffer from depression and anxiety more than confident people. And I want to put a plug in here. Don't just be confident, but be Godfident. Have God on your side. Fourthly, shift your focus. Again, we can train our brains to look for the positives. What can we do? Start journaling about our experience. Start talking to someone about our experience. You know, there's one saying that goes, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude. What am I saying? What is Sister Daniel saying? Celebrate small things and small progress. So look deep into your situation and acknowledge the progress that you have made. Acknowledge the fact that you are in the land of the living and you are able to extend yourself to others. If you have a sixth spouse, acknowledge the fact that the person is still in the land of the living. Acknowledge, see the progress in your situation. And fifthly, Build social connection. This is my favorite. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, thereabout, the, the chapter speaks that we cannot do life alone. And that's a fact. Social connections are essential for our well-being. Connections can be face-to-face -face unions, like going out with our friends to the movies and restaurants. And given the day that we are in, we have little or none of those things happening. But it can be a phone call or social network like Zoom. It can be connecting on WhatsApp. It can be connecting through video call, through a social media platform. Connections need not even to be with humans only. I'm sure some of you speak to your plants. It could be with your pets or, as I said, with plants. We can talk. I heard one um, lady said that if we talk to our plants, they grow better. Listen, build your social connections. Your social connections are vital to your survival. Um, the songwriter says, I need you to survive. You need me, I need you. Um, I think it's Hezekiah Walker who says that. And we need each other to survive. You are not alone in your walk. You are not alone in your journey. Find someone that you can relate to. And sixthly, 
be present. Show up. Do you often think about your future and plans? Yes, we're all supposed to do that. It does help as to plan for the future and learn from past events. Sometimes overthinking about the future and the past can lead to depression, anxiety, and stress. So manage your thoughts, manage where you, you project your mind, show up for the moment, live in the moment with God, allow God to take you through the moment day by day. Be present. You know, in preparing this, I I am doing my biblical research. There were so many women in the Bible who faced tragedies. What about Eve? Eve changed the course of humanity. Could you imagine standing in her shoes? What about Hannah? Hannah could not have a baby and she faced a difficult situation until she went as far as making her own decisions. And, you know, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain, in the midst of trauma, we tend not to, you know, lean on God and we lean on our own understanding and it gets us in trouble. But what does the word of God say? To trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and God is going to direct our path. This is not a scripture for only good times. This is a scripture for good times in the bad times, for the ups and for the downs. What about Ruth and Naomi, the loss of their sons, the loss of her husband? What about the Shumanite woman? Oh, and let's not forget Job's wife. I can tell you, I don't want to fit into Job's wife's shoes. She lost everything. So much sure that the, it was so much for her that she even told her husband, listen, what are we going through here? You better curse God and die. But Job knew better. You know, most times we say to ourselves, if God loves us, why do we suffer? Christian or no Christian? It's a question that comes up repeatedly during times of grief and tragedy. In times of distress, we want to know that our suffering matters to God and that he cares about our pain. The book of Job 42-5 gives us the assurance that in the midst of our tragedy, it produces intimacy with God. Job, who endured unspeakable suffering, said, My heirs had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Intimacy with God is often born in the fullness of affliction. There's an opening of the soul that happens during the times of stress or duress. During times of suffering, we experience God at a deep and profound level. God is right there in the midst of us and it's our opportunity to reach out and hold on to him. Again, in the midst of our tragedy, it equips us to comfort us. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. Suffering, tragedy, pain gives us compassion for others who are hurting, enabling us to minister more effectively. When we go through circumstances and challenges, tragedies, trauma, sufferings, we want to be ministered to by people who have suffered because people who have suffered want people who have suffered to tell them there is hope. You want to share, you want somebody to share in your experience who have been there. I'm not... Um, you know, trivializing the persons who have never gone through circumstances, who have never gone through things. But it's always a, it's a more 
um, satisfying feeling when we can share in the pain of others because we have gone through as well with them. Um, it, it, it gives us an ease of life. Those who have suffered make the most effective comforters. Tragedy, suffering, it refines us. We can read in Isaiah 48:10 that I have refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. The meaning of this verse makes it clear that pain and suffering have a way of bringing our strengths and weaknesses to the surface. And when those things come to the surface, God is right there in the midst of it to refine us. In the midst of our tragedy, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, it also produces growth and maturity. James 1, 2-4, count it all joy when we face various trials and tribulations. For if we turn to God in our pain, he can use our suffering to mature our faith. We see this biblical truth illustrated through the persecuted church. After hearing their testimonies, few would deny that their suffering produces beauty and maturity of Christ in spirit. Tragedy and suffering also conforms us to God's image. We may be tempted to read um, the verses Romans 8, 20 to 29 and say that God will bring good out of everything. While he can and does redeem pain in our lives, these verses speak of being conformed to God's image through our suffering. If we are willing to sit still and let God work, we will find ourselves being transformed into the image of Jesus. Simply put, when we seek God through his word and prayer, we find him. Remember, Jesus understands our pain because he too suffered. I pause for a moment to reflect on the Apostle Paul who had something, um, the Bible talks about a thorn in his flesh. And who knows what that thorn was? And I remember he was asking God to take it away because of course, a thorn in a flesh can be very, very painful. And, but the word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. How do we cope? We cope with God on our side. He says his grace is sufficient for you for his power is made perfect in your weakness. I am Pastor Daniel Placid. Thank you for joining me today. It was a wonderful experience as we discussed and walked through the topic how to cope with tragedy. Our research was taken from goodtherapy.org and focus on the family. Have yourself a wonderful day and remember his grace is sufficient for you.